I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What truth? You say you that you are a slave, Neo. Trying to understand this! 20-year-olds fall in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters. Which they should do more often. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. It doesn't matter who we are. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this, there is no turning back. Are we clear? Crystal. So I bought a new phone last week. I had the iPhone 7 since it first came out in 2016. Which, granted, is not that old of a phone, but if you know me, yes, it's true. I like to have uh, the newest and greatest thing. I, I, I like technology. I'd been thinking about the iPhone X for a while, but I just couldn't justify that outrageous price tag. I decided against it. I I couldn't justify that expensive price tag. So when the X came out, I broke my tradition and I did not buy this brand new brand new iPhone like I had always done in, in the past. Some of my friends got it, uh, and I you know, I've played around with it or I've I've looked at it and stuff and I'll admit it is a it is a nice phone. I was immediately impressed. I'll, I'll admit that much. But like I said, I mean, when I'm in major debt and I have significant financial struggles, I just couldn't bring myself uh, to getting it. Um, you know, my my seven actually worked fine. It was it was lasting pretty well. Uh, usually, I. Usually when I have a phone for about a year, I'm kind of like, okay, I, this is not working as well. The battery life sucks. The, you know, it's scratched up or it, it's out of storage space, whatever. So usually after about that year or two, I'm definitely ready to get a new one. But, you know, when the seven, when the X came out, all I was thinking is, you know what, my, my iPhone 7 is, is still uh, working just fine. Well, about a week and a half ago, I dropped my seven and the screen got scratched not cracked just scratched okay it was a hundred percent still usable the scratch was hardly even noticeable in fact i'm going to say it's not noticeable until you'd use the phone and you'd use it for a period of time you would see a small spot on the screen like in the same spot like right in right in where you would type a text message a certain, you know, halfway through your message, you would see that little scratch. And it was there, uh, you know, all the time. It, it looked like a little speck of dust. So I'd find myself constantly 
rubbing the screen trying to get that dust speck off, but uh, it turned out that it was it was actually a scratch on the screen, so it wasn't going anywhere. And like I said, it didn't affect the operation of the phone at all, but I'm an OCD maniac, and I'm constantly on my phone, so it only took about a day to a day and a half to drive me completely insane. So I started looking at the iPhone X, because yes, I'm totally an Apple person. I'll never buy a non-iPhone. It turns out that what I was paying per month to lease the iPhone 7 was like $20 less than what the X would cost me. So I was like, screw it, I can afford an extra $20 a month for this brand new, super sexy phone. So I caved and I went and I bought the iPhone X. But the story does not end there. I live out in the middle of nowhere on the far outskirts of Las Vegas. And the Apple Store is a good 20 to 25 minute drive for me. I ordered the phone online uh, for store pickup. You know, went go online, bought the phone, got everything set up. Selected store pickup so I didn't have to wait for shipping. And I figured I'd run to the store uh, to pick it up on my way to a friend's house on the complete opposite side of town. I have a friend that lives way down in Henderson, complete opposite side of town. Henderson is far southeast. I am far northwest, so clear across the Las Vegas Valley. But I would drive past this. Uh, I would drive past this Apple Store. Um, so I was gonna go to his house uh, to to hang out with him and watch uh, the hockey game because, in case you didn't know. The first season Las Vegas Golden Knights are in the playoffs, and it's fucking awesome because that never happens. That never happens with a first season new professional sports team, so it's super exciting. I never watched or cared about hockey before this year, uh, but now I'm like totally into it, so it's super exciting. So anyways, I'm going to his house uh, to watch hockey. I stop at Apple on the way to pick up my new iPhone trading mine in the guy in the store sets up the trade-in for me gets everything squared away asks me if i wanted to set up the new phone in the store with him or if i want to do it on my own later when i get home i was already running late so i was like uh you know what i'll do this uh i'll do this later uh i'll do this later i'll, I'll have time later i just i'll just take the phone in the box now and he's like okay cool um i mean i've dealt with iPhones long enough that I know how to navigate my way through a restore without needing help from uh, their employees. So I'm standing in the store, still holding on to my 7, and then it dawned on me that the Apple employee wanted that phone since it was a trade-in. I wasn't going to be able to walk out with both of these phones. So I gave him the old phone, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll set this one up later. And then it dawned on me all of a sudden that I had no working phone in that moment. And I was like, it's okay, I can I can survive, because I'm, I'm going to my friend's house, I'll take care of it there, or I'll just deal with it a couple hours later after the hockey game when I get home, whatever. It's not a big deal, I thought. So I left, and I drove the 30 or so minutes to my friend's neighborhood where I was supposed to meet him. I pulled up. I remembered it was a gated community, and of course, I didn't remember the gate code to get in. And, of course, I didn't have a working cell phone to call him. So I sat at the gate a few minutes, uh, 
till someone else went in. I followed them in. I drove towards his house. Now, he lives in a, this is a townhome uh, type community. It's it's like a bunch of, it's a bunch of row homes, essentially. Um, you guys know what a row home is? Uh, it's a term that's used uh, on the East Coast, like New York, Jersey. Uh, it basically, it's basically describing townhomes, you know. Everything on this, okay, so row homes, picture just a row of homes, and they're all, like, identical. Just a bunch of doors at different spots with, with numbers above them, so you know which one is yours. But they're all identical all the way down the street. So I pull up, and I'm like, oh, shit. I haven't been here in a while. Like, I know that this is his street, but I haven't been here in a while, and I don't know which house is his. They all look the same. He doesn't have any vehicles outside. There's nothing distinctive because, like I said, these are all freaking identical houses. All the way down the street, all 30 of them. And I'm like, I don't remember how far down his was. That kind of guess, like, I think it's I think it's this one. So I park outside of that one, and I, I slowly kind of think about if I'm going to go knock on the door or what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, the door opens, and it's a woman that I don't know, you know, coming out to smoke and whatever. So I'm like, oh, that's not the right house. Okay. So... I'm sitting out there, and I had my motorcycle. It's Vegas. It's about 100 degrees already. So I'm sitting on my motorcycle, found some shade, and I'm like, well, shit, all I can do is try to set up the phone. I'll set up the phone outside here and uh, see if I can get his, uh, get my restore done and get his phone number so I can call him and tell him to get his ass out of here so I know which house is his. Open up the box, pull the phone out. Uh, if you know anything about iPhones, when you buy a new one, you have to be connected to Wi-Fi to do a restore. And of course, I didn't know that until just now, or I didn't recall that from the last time I had bought a phone. So I'm like, oh shit, I can't do a restore. So I'm like, fuck, now what am I going to do? Um, oh, what do I do? I don't have Wi-Fi out here. So I end up forgetting about the restore, and I'm like, I'll just, I'll, I'll start it out as a, because the, the, your iCloud backup will stay on iCloud. So I'm like, here's what I'll do. I'll start the phone out as a new phone with no restore. I won't have Rob's phone number because obviously I don't know it off the top of my head and I can't do a restore. But I'll do that and then I'll download the Facebook app, the Messenger app, because I talk to him on Facebook sometimes. So I'll download that and then I'll send him a message on Facebook Messenger telling him to come outside. So I do that. I go through that process. That takes about, that takes a good 10, 15 minutes just to get the phone set up and the Facebook app downloaded. Uh, so then, you know, I go ahead with Facebook Messenger. And then, of course, it asks you for your login information for Facebook. And I don't ever type in my Facebook login information. My computer's already logged in. My phone's already logged in. I've never, I haven't typed it in in, in months. I don't, I don't even know what it is. So I start playing around with it with my, some, some of my usual passwords. And of course, nothing works. Ah, shit. Now I can't get into Facebook. What am I going to do? Well, the next option is uh, I do that forgot, forgot password link. Okay. Uh, forgot password on Facebook Messenger. Um... And it sends an email. Uh, it sends an email to my email address with, with a code to to reset your Facebook password. 
And of course, you probably know where the story's going. Fuck, what's my email password? Can't get into my email either. Well, this turns into a shit show. Uh, can't get into Facebook, can't get into email, can't do my restore to find his phone number, so I'm just sitting out there in the heat messing with this. What else am I going to do? Well, then I luck out because he ends up coming He ends up coming outside for a smoke break and sees me and like, oh, what are you doing here? You're here already. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm here. Let's go. Let's go watch hockey. Go inside. Try messing around at the restore. Start my I restart my phone all over again, trying to now do the restore, and it's taking forever. I'm on his Wi-Fi, but it's still taking forever because it's it's just a lot of data. Well, the hockey game is gonna start soon, so we're like, oh, well, let's go to uh, let's head out to the bar that we're going to. Um, let's head out to the bar to watch the game, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I could do that. I'm I'm not worried about the restore right now. I, I at least had, I got the phone up to a point that I kind of had a working phone, you know, it was, it was not perfect, but it was, it was kind of, it was, it was workable, and I was like, I'll finish the restore later, I, I want to go watch hockey, I don't need my phone during the hockey game anyway, so it'll be fine, so we go to the hockey game, and I got my phone that's halfway usable, halfway not, you know, um, long story short after that, uh, I end up going home later, I get the phone restored, everything's good, I love the iPhone X, but holy shit, what an ordeal, I went about, I'm gonna say, five hours, five hours without a working cell phone, without a functioning cell phone, five hours I went, and that was quite an ordeal, and, and it, it really got me thinking, five hours without a cell phone, just five, not even like a day or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm one of those types that's on my phone all the time. I I'll I'll admit that I am always on my phone. But I can't imagine going an extended period of time now without a phone. It kind of makes me want to try it to see if I can even go one one day, one 24-hour period without a phone and see. And I'm, I'm sure it won't be as stressful as this incident because the issues with this incident that I told you, the, the, this story from last week, is that uh, it was unexpected, you know. If I plan the opportunity to say, hey, you know, next week, Wednesday, I'm going to go all day with no cell phone, that's kind of cheating in a way because it wasn't unexpected. And, you know, it's our whole lives... Our whole lives depend on on this device. Our whole, all of our, everybody's phone numbers that we know, uh, or email addresses if you use that, Um, even, you know, home addresses. I have, you know, addresses of people saved in here. Um, Obviously, Facebook, other social media. I, if I lost my phone or broke it or something, and for whatever reason, I could not do an iCloud restore. Like, if this is back in the days before that was a thing, you know, you'd buy a new phone and you'd have to sit there for four hours entering all, re-entering all your contacts in. Hopefully you have all their phone numbers somewhere so that you can do that. Um, so that would be a pain. Um, but if, if that happened to me today without iCloud, I'd probably lose a ton of friends because all, all these people I wouldn't even be able to communicate with anymore. Because 
my communication with them depends on this device. It used to, back in the day, you know, you'd have an actual address book or you would have important people's phone numbers memorized. What's crazy to me is I still have um, my parents' landline number from when I was growing up memorized in the back of my mind. And I'll, I'll probably never forget that phone number. I know my dad's cell phone number by heart. But that, that, honestly, those are probably the only two phone numbers besides my own that I know completely off the top of my head. That, that's it. I don't, I don't know my mom's number. I don't even know the first three numbers of anybody else's phone number. Because how often do we ever look at the phone number? We don't. We never look at the phone number. It's, it's right there in our phone. We don't need to. We're living in this digital world, this information world, where so much of our daily lives depend on this small electronic device. I don't know how that makes me feel because it, obviously we all know that, but for whatever reason, I, I really experienced that and I really realized because it really hit me in that ordeal last week how much of my life depends on that. And I don't know how to change that. I don't know if we need to change that. I don't know. I want to play something for you. Um, I want to play this little uh, video for you. Uh, obviously, you're only going to hear it. I don't I don't know why I always say video. I'm going to play a video for you. I think I say that every week. I'm going to play this video for you. And obviously, I'm the only one watching the video on the screen. You're just listening because this is an audio podcast. So I'm going to play a sound clip for you. A sound clip. I'll watch the video and you'll just listen to it. How's that sound? Uh, kind of talks about this this idea of life in the uh, digital world. Did you know the average person spends four years of his life looking down at his cell phone? Kind of ironic, ain't it? How these touch screens can make us lose touch. But it's no wonder in a world filled with iMacs, iPads, and iPhones, so many eyes, so many selfies, not enough us's and we's. See, technology has made us more selfish and separate than ever. Because while it claims to connect us, connection has gotten no better. And let me express first, Mr. Zuckerberg, not to be rude, but you should reclassify Facebook to what it is, an anti-social network. Cause while we may have big friend lists, so many of us are friendless all alone. Cause friendships are more broken than the screens on our very phones. We sit at home on our computers, measuring self-worth by numbers of followers and likes. Ignoring those who actually love us, it seems we'd rather write an angry post and talk to someone who might actually hug us. Am I bugging? You tell me, cause I asked a friend the other day, let's meet up face to face. They said, all right, what time you want to Skype? I responded with OMG, SRS, and then a bunch of SMHs and realized, what about me? Do I not have the patience to have conversation without abbreviation? This is the generation of media overstimulation. Chats have been reduced to snaps. The news is 140 characters. Videos are six seconds at high speed. And you wonder why ADD is on the rise faster than 4G LTE. But... Get a load of this. Studies show the attention span of the average adult today 
is one second lower than that of a goldfish. So if you're one of the few people or aquatic animals that have yet to click off or close this video, congratulations. Let me finish by saying you do have a choice, yes. But this one, my friends, we cannot autocorrect. We must do it ourselves. Take control or be controlled, make a decision, me? No longer do I wanna spoil a precious moment by recording it with a phone. I'm just gonna keep them. I don't wanna take a picture of all my meals anymore. I'm just gonna eat them. I don't want the new app, the new software, or the new update. And if I wanna post an old photo, who says I have to wait until Thursday? I'm so tired of performing in the pageantry of vanity and conforming to this accepted form of digital insanity. Call me crazy, but I imagine a world where we smile when we have low batteries. Cause that'll mean we'll be one bar closer to humanity. Well, we're 20 minutes in. I suppose it's time that I uh, welcome you to Third Degree Mind Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for checking us out. If you're a long-time listener, thanks for sticking with us. Third Degree Mind, podcast available on Apple iTunes, Podbean. Look us up on Facebook, Third Degree Mind. If you need to reach out, send me a message there on Facebook. That's the easiest way to do that, sending a message on Facebook. If you use email, borderline750 at gmail.com. All right. By the way, I'm more and more impressed. Every every week that I do this, I am more and more impressed with all of you and the community that we're, we're slowly building a community on this podcast. And this podcast is heard... Uh, truly internationally, we're up to, uh, last time I checked, about seven different countries and 23 or 24 U.S. states. So, I love it. I love that in just a few months that we're gaining a listening audience. And I'm not just talking about random downloads, I'm talking about uh, regular weekly listeners in multiple different countries and half of the 50 states. I love it. I love it. You guys are all amazing. I'm glad that you are enjoying it. I'm glad that you're sticking with it. I'm, I'm glad that some of this content is, is relevant or meaningful to you in, in some way, shape, or form. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Can't thank you enough for, for, for being a part of that, part of that community. Um, with that being said, if there's anything that you want to have discussed or that you want to hear about or anything like that, any suggestions on on topics, I, sometimes I sometimes I have a hard time coming up with stuff to talk about. Uh, so get on Facebook, like us on Facebook, and send me a message there and let me know. Let me know if you got uh, some suggestions about what we can what we can talk about. I'd love to hear from you. All right, so. We were talking about that scary life in the digital world with our reliance on cell phones. 
and our reliance on cell phones and social social media, social networks, all that, all this technology that we're being bombarded with, bombarded with information. And so what I want to do now is loosely connect that topic to some of the things that we talked about last week. In the last, or I should say last time, I guess it has been a little over a week, huh? But last time we talked about this idea of grief and loss, and in in the time since I put that episode out to you, uh, I found a couple more videos and inspirational stories that I really wanted to share with you, and it, it loosely connects to this idea of the information the information age, technology, digital world, the scary life in a digital world. If you focus your life on this iPhone, this Android, and I'm, sometimes I forget that this isn't a video podcast. I'm sitting here holding up my phone as if you can see me holding it. Like I'm, I'm saying this device, and I, I guess I kind of get into this. I get into recording these podcasts because... I'm sitting here imagining that I'm actually talking to a, a, a real audience as opposed to just people listening to my voice. So, If you depend on this device and you lose touch with the people that are close to you because you're, you're focused on, on texting them or calling them or Facebooking them rather than actually spending time with them, one day they're going to be gone. And that's that's what we talked about last week, that idea that Nothing in the future is ever guaranteed. And so what I want to do for you now is <clears throat> I have a actually a couple stories that I want to share with you. Uh, this first one is an amazing story of parents of a, a little girl that has cancer. And I know what you're thinking, or what I would be thinking if I was you, is why do you keep sharing these stories that are just going to make me cry? Like... Some of these stories are are tearjerkers, and and not necessarily because they're sad. Maybe because you know that sometime after this video was put out, that maybe there's a sad ending to this story. You know, we don't we don't really know, but um, sometimes uh, it's it's important to, for us to realize. <clears throat> excuse me, I need some water. It's it's important for us to realize that our lives. As difficult as or stressful as it may be, your life is not the hardest. I can promise you that. I can promise you 100% that somebody out there is going through something a lot more difficult, a lot more complex than anything that you could ever imagine. And I'm not doing that to minimize your problems. I'm doing that to open your eyes to the fact that human beings are resilient. We are resilient. We can overcome things that you would never believe possible because how many times do you feel like you're at rock bottom and then you go down even lower and then even lower and then you hear a story of something even worse and look at these people around you and some of these stories I'm going to share with you uh, in the next segment of the program here that these are people that have overcome some amazing things incredible incredible strength and resiliency And that's why I'm sharing some of these stories. Some of these, like I said, some of these are, are tearjerkers. I get it. They produce powerful emotions just listening to these stories. This 
This one that I'm going to play for you, I've heard this. I've heard this man's story. Uh, I've probably listened to this 50 times over the last couple of days. I've gone back and forth if I wanted to share it with you, and and I'm I'm def I'm I'm gonna share it because I think it is freaking inspirational. I think it is amazing. I think you need to hear it because I think you need to realize what the significance of some other people and what they go through because it reminds us sometimes that our lives maybe aren't as difficult as we make them out to be and that we can overcome whatever we're going through in our lives too. This is the little girl who could. Our daughter had fallen ill at school. and Apparently she was having a seizure. She was healthy. We had no inkling of anything going on. She was rushed to the local hospital. They told her that they found a Lyme-sized tumor on the right side of her brain. They said they were gonna do brain surgery the next morning. And that's when another doctor pulled us aside and said, your daughter probably won't live till morning. And then she went in for her nine hours of brain surgery, but she made it. And we thought we were done. This was over until two days later, and they told us, your daughter has geoblastoma multiforme, brain cancer. Fatal nearly 100% of the time within one year. Once again, a doctor pulled us aside and said, make memories now. Before we knew it, we were at two years past diagnosis. Felicia kept on going. It was four years. And before we knew it, we were at five years past diagnosis, which is a benchmark uh, in cancer treatment. And it was a celebration. She was cancer free. And for five years, she had kicked brain cancer's butt. A little girl that could. That summer of her fifth year, Felicia became ill. We thought it was the flu. So after a few weeks of dealing with this flu, we had to take her back to Hershey. And there they told us, Felicia has leukemia. So we were back at it. This was a struggle from the start. Something you don't ever want to hear. Talk about your child in the same sentences as ventilators, feeding tubes, do not resuscitate orders. Felicia started to lose consciousness sometimes 24 hours a day. And one night I couldn't sleep and I went into the intensive care unit and I quietly sat by her bed and I looked at her sleeping. I thought, what an incredible child. How lucky I have been to be this child's father. I told her how much we loved her. I told her how proud we were of her battle. And I said to her, if the angels are here for you, then it's time to get going. And then she opened her eyes and she looked at me and she said, I love you, Daddy. That's the last thing I, she ever said to me. She took two more breaths and she died in my arms. You hear the stories of people that have had after-death experiences, and they say 
they float above the bed and they can look down on the scene and see what's going on. So just in case, I looked up at the corner of the room and I waved. I hope she saw me. Our daughter's been gone for 16 years and people say to us still, isn't it time to move on and let the past be the past? Grief is forever. It doesn't go away. It becomes a part of you. American novelist Anne Lamont said, hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the right thing, the dawn will come. You wait and watch and work. You don't give up. All I can do is love her, love the world, emulate her by living with daring, spirit, and joy. Grief and love are conjoined. You don't get one without the other. The reason we never heal is because our love never dies. And maybe the reason we never heal is to keep hope alive. I tear up every time that I hear that story. How could you not? What an incredible story of an incredible child, an incredible family, and what they've gone through in the story that he tells even 16 years later. He says a couple things at the end that really drive this point home for me when we talk about grief and loss, and we talked a little bit about this last time. Grief and love are conjoined, he says. You don't get one without the other. The reason we never heal is because our love never dies. Maybe the reason we never heal is to keep hope alive. What an interesting perspective. The perspective of a father who had to bury his daughter at such a young age. I, I wasn't able to figure out. I tried looking into the story a little bit more, and I, wasn't, I was not able to figure out how old she was when she passed away. But obviously, obviously very young. Very young. And we talked about this idea last week of grief and love being conjoined. And he, he says that perfectly. He also says that hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the right thing, that the dawn will come. But it has to start in the dark. You wait, watch, and work, and you don't give up. And his, his love, you can tell by his story, the way he expresses it, his love is never going to die. And what, what an incredible story. What an amazing, amazing story. And don't worry, that's the worst tearjerker that I'm going to show for you today. We'll get that if you if you needed a box of tissues. Hopefully that's the only one that's, uh, that's like that, at least that intense. Um, I do want to play uh, a couple more for you. This next one here is an audition from the TV show America's Got Talent. 
uh, kind of like the American Idol idea. If you don't know what America's Got Talent is, you know, they go onto the show, they audition with some some type of talent. You know, a lot of people sing, some people do different stunts or dancing, different things like that. And they get, you know, it's a, a con, it's a game show, essentially, a, a contestant, reality show, whatever. And, uh, you know, they, they can, so whatever. So they, they move through the, through the series or through the season and they move through different rounds of, of judging. And, uh, so this one is a 25 year old guy named Johnny Shelton that goes on and he sings a song that he wrote called that's love. And I'm going to start the audio at his, uh, intro when he you know on the tv show when he kind of tells his story and he talks about why he's there on the show so i'm gonna let him introduce himself and then uh we'll listen to the song that he wrote okay everybody stand by we're ready for the next act what's your name johnny shelton what you gonna do for us today play some original music original music my name is johnny shelton i'm 25 years old right now i live in tampa florida I started playing guitar when I was six. Always gave me chills. Like this right here was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Tonight I'm gonna be performing an original song, and it's a song that I wrote for my son. The one thing I always wanted to put in my son's mind was that no matter what happens in the world, know the joy of love, because the world doesn't need any more hate in it. He was a he was definitely a character, and um, he's spit an image of me. <laughs> I lost him to rhabdomyosarcoma. It's a it's a it's a lymph node um, cancer, and um, he passed away on his fifth birthday. And uh, it's been a couple rough years. It's nothing like knowing that, like, what you love in your life isn't isn't always going to be there anymore. But like two months ago, I performed for the first time in a long time. And I felt like that's probably the closest to him I've ever been since I lost him. That empty hole that's in my chest is going to fill it. Like, I'm doing something that is positive. I know he's proud of me anyways, but being able to do this right here, I think that it make him smile. Hello, and what is your name? My name is Johnny Shelton. And uh, where are you from? From Knoxville, Tennessee, but now I'm living in Tampa. And what do you do? I'm a full-time singer-songwriter. Oh, really? Singer-songwriter? Yeah. So tonight you're going to be singing? Yeah, some original music for you. It's a song that I wrote for my son. You wrote a song for your son? Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. I know, it means a lot to me. Like, I had lost him to cancer about a year and a half oh, ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. Obviously, you've gone through a lot of turmoil, and I, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. This song's called That's Love. I take a trip down memory lane, the battle point when I was 16. I'm on the cold old slinging rock Skipping on the stones But they wouldn't even up my pop It's all the stones that I've skipped All the points of life that I've missed out on But one thing you can't take away Is something that I'll always be there even on a rainy day That's a love I said, oh, yeah 
Even though it's got the whole world to see You don't even know you've got a lot of air to breathe You even got a lot more people to greet But see the side of publicity and fame You got one thing that'll put it all to shame And that's love I want you to scream it out loud, son Scream it out loud to the whole crowd So take the side from my eyes Take back all the tears that I've cried Leave me poor as a bum But I will still be satisfied with the love But I see it all This 25-year-old says something that really hits home for me and really uh, resonates with what I said, what we've been talking about with this idea of grief and loss when we started the topic last time and into today. Uh, he says, what you love in life isn't always going to be there. And at 25 years old, this guy loses his five-year-old. He was a very young father. And now he had to go through the loss of a young child to cancer. What an, what an amazing story. What, what we love in life is not always going to be there. So rather than wasting time on you know getting attached to these these phones these damn it i picked up the phone again as if you're as if you're looking at me i don't like maybe i should make this into a video podcast i don't have a i don't have a video studio though i don't have a studio to record a video in but you know what we love in life isn't always going to be there so if you spend all your time talking to people on Facebook or texting them or going to Google and looking up every single answer, picking up your phone multiple times in a 15-minute period. Like, that's me. I'm always on my phone. I'm, I'm always on it. My battery does not last through a whole day. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, I just charge it overnight. That doesn't work for me. I have to charge it throughout the day because I'm one of those that's constantly on it. But the scary life in this digital world is is that we're so bombarded with information that and data that we just get so distracted from everything that really matters and everything that actually matters. And then all of a sudden, you realize that what you loved in life, like Johnny Shelton says, what you loved in life is not always going to be there. It's just going to be gone one day. And then you'll wish you hadn't spent four years of your life on that phone. That's what was talked about in, in the first video from today is that the average person spends four years of your life to a cell phone. One of the cool features on the iPhone is you can see in the battery app, you can see in the battery, it'll tell you how much, which apps are using the most battery life. And one of the options that you can look at is how much time you're spending in each app. And the purpose is to show you what apps are killing your battery. 
But what I kind of started using it for is to realize how much time I spend on my phone. Because in a 24-hour period, I can look at those. I can see, okay, I spent an hour in this app. I spent 35 minutes in this app. I spent three hours in this app. And it's like, holy shit, that's my whole 24-hour day. It's like my phone is constantly being used. It doesn't it doesn't sit on a desk very often. Right now it's sitting on my desk next to my computer on do not disturb so that the messages that I'm getting and the the data that I'm being bombarded with right now, news stories, other notifications, whatever type of push notifications I have set up on my phone, emails, texts, everything. Cuz I'm being bombarded with that data. This digital world is can be a scary life when you think about it like that. Just bombarded with that data. Jay Shetty says we are drowning in information. The Economist wrote the world's most powerful resource is no longer oil, but data. Created by 4 billion smartphone users in the world, 3.2 billion internet users, even without us knowing fully when we're sitting in traffic, when we're watching Netflix, when we're on the move, every physical activity creates a digital footprint. And it's incredible that in 2017, we'll create more data than we have in the last 5,000 years. E.O. Wilson said that we're drowning in information while starving for wisdom. We have big data but little intuition. We have more choices but less decision-making skills. And therefore, if the greatest resource is data, the greatest skill is focus and attention. About 30 years ago, the culture critic Neil Postman wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. He said, all well feared we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture. All well feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley believed that we'd be drowning in a sea of irrelevance. As Susan Etlinger said in her TED talk, it's a choice between Big Brother watching you and you watching Big Brother. But it doesn't have to be that way at all. We're not passive consumers of data, just taking it all in and drowning in it. We're actually able to shape it and make sense of it if we're able to pay attention to how we think as much as we do to how we code. To do that, we need to be able to practice meditation and mindfulness, that ability to curate, to filter, to view through a certain lens so that we have more perspective, so that we can be in the present moment without judgment. For some people, meditation is movement, it's swimming. For some people, it's running. For some people, it's playing their instrument. For some people, it's being able to be in one place and completely merge into a understanding of one's self-awareness. Mindfulness has been shown to help people examine and quantify their priorities. This heightened understanding of ourselves allows us to see which trade-offs matter and what's most important to us. By standing on a metaphorical balcony, looking down, that is distancing ourselves from our thoughts and emotions, we're able to better find clarity. That bird's eye view, that overview, big picture perspective allows us to formulate better decisions from insights. Meditation is the dynamic process of examining the flow of life right here and now. And as David Lynch says, meditation makes you more and more you. This idea of mindfulness that he's talking about, meditation, being more aware of who you are rather than just being bombarded and drowning in that information, filter it through a lens to realize what's important, get perspective on what's important, get perspective on what matters. I'm going to take it a step further and tell you that your relationships 
are what matter. This whole idea today of the scary life in the digital world, life is not forever, so don't waste it being drowned in that information. Don't waste it being connected on Facebook, but not being connected to a person. I want to leave you with some of our main themes, main topics that we discussed today, and I want them to resonate in your mind over the next couple of days, weeks, whatever. What you love in life is not always going to be there. You have to remember that. Whatever you love in life is not always going to be there. I want you to remember that grief and love are conjoined. You don't get one without the other. The only way you experience grief and loss is when there was love when they were here. So show them that love. Show them the love. Enjoy the love. Build memories. Put your phone down once in a while and be with those who you love. There's a great quote. Treasure every moment. Share your love with someone special because time waits for no one. Treasure every moment. And then a follow-up quote. I used to treasure every moment. Now I just treasure every memory. Once they're gone, you can't make more memories. The only memories you have are the ones that you made while they were here. So make those memories now. What you love in life isn't always going to be there. And I don't want you to ever forget those concepts. Keep that in mind. Keep those in mind. We're going to wrap this up here. Thank you for downloading this week's episode of Third Degree Mind. If you have any questions, reach out to me on uh, Facebook. I'm always available on Facebook. Just like us on Third Degree Mind on Facebook. Otherwise, I hope you have a great week and hope to talk to you again real soon. I'll give you one Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 
273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.